episode number 78. The beauty of this word is the whole connection between the spiritual and the physical is humility. Welcome to the Torah Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the tools and inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Aliyah Mitterhoff with this week's Torah Podcast. The Torah portion of the week is Toldos, How to Walk Life's Tightrope, The Spiritual Balancing Act. We can have a powerful parable about not being hungry, a great story about Rav Shach, and peace in your home, having a good eye. And now, the Torah portion of the week, with novel ideas from the classic commentaries. So in this week's Parsha, we have the famous story of Yitzchak giving the blessing to Yaakov instead of Esav. He really wanted to give the blessing to Esav because Esav was his older son. But in the end, Yaakov stole it away on the advice of his mother, Rivka, who taught him to steal it. So the question is, what was the Havamina? Why did Yitzchak think to give the blessing to Esav? Didn't he know that Esav was a Russian, he was an evil person? What was he thinking? So Rav Shimshan Ophaya Hirsch explains, he says, Yitzchak had two sons, represented by two different elements in his home. Esav represented material power. Yaakov, on the other hand, represented spiritual power. Yitzchak knew very well that both these tendencies would be needed. He apparently also knew of the prophecy that the physical son would serve the spiritual one. But Yitzchak thought that Esav and Yaakov would fulfill the mission of Avram in partnership of brotherly harmony, complementing one each other. He therefore intended to give Esav a blessing of material content and reserve the spiritual blessing for Yaakov. So the idea was to bless Esav with the physical, and then Esav would take care of Yaakov. And it would be a partnership. So what was Rivka thinking? He says, Rivka, however, remembered from the home of Lavan, the misfortune entailed by such a division. She knew from personal experience that only in a home pervaded by the spirit of Avraham would material things bring blessing and true happiness. She realized that materialism devoid of spirit is actually a curse and that Yitzchak's blessings could not be divided. It could only be placed on the head of one of the sons. She held you couldn't divide the two because she saw from her own home that Lavan, her father, was very rich, but he was very evil also. So Rivka felt that this would not work out. That's why she wanted to steal the blessing away from Esau and give it to Yaakov. So now the Malbim explains this a little bit further. He says like this, The purpose of the entire creation is that there exists a good and righteous person whom God's Hashkacha can rest. It brings the verse from Kohalas that says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is all of man. In other words, the entire world is created only for the righteous person's sake. And he explains that the rest of the world was really just created for that righteous person. Just like a tree which produces fruit. So the fruit is very small compared to the tree, 
but the whole tree was just created for the fruit. So too, Hashem wanted to create an entire nation who would cleave to the divine idea. And this holy nation would fulfill the purpose of creation. They'd be like the holy fruit. And we know this to be true even within the Jewish nation itself. The tribe of Levi was going to serve in the temple. They were going to be the holy priests. And the rest of the Jewish people, Am Yisrael, would give their miser, they would give their tithes to Levi to take care of Levi that he could serve God. The Jewish people would take care of the physical and Levi would serve God. And this way they would receive the reward and the benefit which Levi produced for them because they were giving to Levi, they were supporting Levi and Levi was supporting them. It's also the idea of Yisachar Zavulin. Yisachar sits and learns, and Zavulin takes care of him. So too, it would be that the Jewish people serve God, and the nations take care of the Jewish people, and both benefit. The Jews in the temple bring their services, bring blessing to the world, and the blessing that the world gives, they give back to the temple in order to support the service. And this is why Yitzchak wanted to bless Esav. He says he didn't need to bless Yaakov because Yaakov was spiritual. And spirituality doesn't need a blessing. Spirituality is a schus, he says. Very interesting. As a person who does the right thing, he gets the blessing. But physicality needs a blessing. So he wanted to bless his son Esav that he would have everything physical, and together they would work to serve God. Just like you have Yisrael, the Levi, and the two brothers would serve together. But Rivka understood differently. Rivka saw that Esav is not going to help Yaakov. And even though it was true that on a certain side it would be better that Yaakov did not get the blessings of the physical because it's just an interfere with his spirituality. But still, she saw if you give the blessings to Esau, Yaakov's going to be left high and dry. So she came to the conclusion it would be better to bless Yaakov with the physicality. Because a person who's truly spiritual can really have both and handle both. And that's why he brings a riot that in the, in the future the Levites are going to get a portion of the land. In other words, up till now and throughout all of history, the Levi never had a portion of the land because they're just the spiritual ones. They're not involved with physicality. But in the future, God will also give the Levim a chilek, a piece of Israel. So that's how Rev Hirsch and the Mabam understand it. Now Rev Desler adds another aspect. Rev Desler explains that he wanted to give the blessing to Esau because Esau needed the blessing. He felt that Yaakov was such a sadic. Why should he help him? He's able to do it on his own. Isn't that the greatest thing in life? To be able to serve God, to beat Yitzhah on your own, by yourself? What could be greater? So if you gave him the blessing, like he'd be helping him. But Esau needed the blessing. Esau was out of control. So he needed the blessing to be able to serve God. But Rivka understood that no, Yaakov needs the blessing. Even if Yaakov's a sadik, he still needs help. He still needs siyat dishmaya. And in the end, Yitzchak agreed to that. Because the verse said, he too shall be blessed. Even after he realized that he made a mistake, he understood that it was Minashamayim. That no one, not even one of the avos, 
can stand in front of Hashem righteously without help, without siyat dishmaya, without help from God, because we're physical. So even Yaakov needed the blessing to make it through life as a righteous person. He needed the blessing. The test couldn't be too great, because if the test became too great, every person, every human being could fall. Because every human being is both physical and spiritual. So the Shemesh Mu explains like this. He brings the Rashi that says the hunt was in his mouth. He's talking about Esav. This means that Esav was a man who knew how to deceive. He asked his father how to tithe salt and straw, which don't require tithing. His father assumed that he was very pious. So he asked, why did Esav ask about salt and straw? Why? Because they're both tuffle. They're not the meal, they're just the salt. And the straw is just part of the wheat, but it's on the side. So Aesop's focus was to take the thing that was not essential and make it essential. He says absolute reality exists only in the next world, for this world is temporary and a preparation for the spiritual future, tuffle in every sense, secondary. Just like the six-way days of the week are tuffle to Shabbos, and Shabbos is the essential. He says this concept pervades... He says, this concept pervades the whole Jewish life. Spiritual pursuits are the goal of man's existence. They're the eker. Everything else is tuffle. And this exactly was the difference between Yaakov and Esav. Esav, who the eker was physical, for Yaakov, that was tuffle. That was secondary. And for Yaakov, whose spirituality came first, Esav didn't care about. But the Kiddush is, as long as Yaakov stays essential, Esav can also get spirituality. Why? Because he helps Yaakov, like we said. The Levi-Yisrael relationship. By Yisrael helping Levi, they also get the next world. Same thing a man and a wife. The man is learning Torah and the wife's helping him. Same thing the nations and the Jewish people. If the Jewish people do God's will and the nations help, everybody gets the next world. So why did Yitzchak want to give the blessing to Esau? To say to him, listen, you get the blessing, you get the physical, but as, as long as you help your brother Yaakov, then you're going to get to the taklis, you'll get to the purpose of life. But Esav couldn't take it. That was the problem. That's what Rivka saw. Esav couldn't take that. Why? Because he's asking how to tithe straw and salt. He wanted to be the essential. He wanted to take the thing that's not essential and make it essential. That was his whole personality. So Rivka saw that it wasn't going to work out. And here is the Chiddush, the novel idea, the new idea that we can learn from this whole story. He says, it was because of his arrogance that he couldn't be subordinate to Yaakov. And arrogance of this priority has no cure. Asaph was a lost cause. Zohar Kodesh says like this, there are clouds of darkness into which light enters, but it is totally consumed. This is the idea behind the seven bad cows, which entered into the seven fat cows, leaving no trace. So the Shem Shmuel says in his father's name that these clouds of darkness are a manifestation of arrogance. Someone like Asaph, who is overpowered with his evil characteristic, 
cannot fix himself. Because even a little bit of spirituality that he has gets swallowed up by these like clouds of arrogance. But from here we can learn the soul, the foundation of spirituality. Spirituality means giving yourself over to something higher. Making yourself smaller and making the real important things higher. Just like the Jewish people as a whole gave themselves over to the Levim. The Levim were doing the Vodas Hashem. And just like a Balabas, the guy who sits and works all day, he has to help yeshivas. He has to give his money to, to help the Jewish people. He has to be subordinate to realize the essential purpose of the Jewish people is the spirituality. And this way he will gain. But you have to have mitos for that. You have to have good character. This is the Yisakar Zavulin relationship. Zavulin works and he helps Yisakar. But he can't say, I'm Zavulin, I'm on top. No. And even though it's true, we have to give tremendous cover to anyone who gives tzedakah to yeshivas. But that doesn't mean that the guys sitting in the yeshiva themselves are anything less. Every person has something above them. The students in the yeshiva have the Rosh Yeshiva. The Rosh Yeshiva has the God Ador that he has to look up to, that he has to be subordinate to. And if you have humility, so then the whole system works. The beauty of this word is the whole connection between the spiritual and the physical is humility. By taking our physical parts and giving it over to spirituality, this is what's going to create true success. And it's true by individuals, it's true by nations. There's always something above us. And the Guru Arya brings down it's even true in the physicality of a person. This is when a person is first born, he's totally physical. As he develops and his intelligence develops, he becomes both physical and spiritual. And later in life, he becomes totally spiritual. But it's always a giving over of the physical to the spiritual. That's what creates the blessing. That's what makes the whole system work. So I just want to end off with the Svas Emes who says a tremendous chiddush. He says like this. He says, it's the Torah Shabbat Pei that enables us to experience Hashem's presence more thoroughly in our daily lives. He wants to say the tool for us to take the physical and make it spiritual is Torah Shabbat Pei. Learning Gemara, Talmud. It's the work in the Talmud and going through every aspect, every understanding of the physical world and all of its details that can bring us to spirituality. In other words, the Torah Shabbat is pure light. It's pure or. And we are totally physical. So where's the go-between? How do we give over our physicality over to the light? The answer is a Torah Shabbat Pei, the oral tradition. And that's exactly what we do in Yeshiva. We spend most of our day learning Torah Shabbat Pei. And that is the thing that brings the blessing, being subordinate to the Gemara itself, giving ourselves over to spend hours and hours in thinking, in in-depth learning and understanding and giving ourselves over to the Avodah Hashem, serving God, by learning Torah Shabbat Pei, which is our whole Masorah, our whole tradition as Jews. 
And that's what the Rambam says at the end of Hilchus Shemitah, that any Jew could become a levy nowadays. If he wants to sit in yeshiva, he's like a levy. And that spirituality can spread into the world if the world subordinates itself to it. If the Jewish people help yeshivas, they get a blessing. And if the nations help Yisrael, they also get a blessing. And it's from this week's Parsha that we learn how all the blessings can come into the world. Here is a powerful parable to open your mind and help you reach your potential. The Magi Maduva brings the verse that says, Make it into a tasty dish for me, the way I like it, and bring it to me that I may eat it. This is Yitzchak speaking to Esav. So he brings a mushroom. He said, every day two people used to eat together. So one day after the meal, one of them says, I don't feel very well today. His friend asks, why? I didn't notice anything. You ate today the same way as you eat every other day. No more, no less. He says, that's true. But all the other days I really felt hungry. But today I wasn't hungry. What did I do? I drank a little whiskey before to whet my appetite, and therefore I ate. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have eaten anything. So that was the Masha. What was the Nimshal? Yitzchak wanted to bless Esau because he was his oldest son. But really in his heart, he felt it well, he didn't deserve it. So what did he do? He sent out his son to go make him a nice meal, to give him cheshik, to give him desire, to give the blessing. So when Rivka saw that, she said to Yaakov, Behold, I heard your father speaking to your brother Esav, saying, Bring back deer from me and make it into a tasty dish. And she said, Now I understand that really your father doesn't want to give the blessing to Esav. Now is the chance for you to get the blessing. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. The verse says, Hakoko Yaakov, the voice, is the voice of Yaakov. So we know this is a metaphor for Torah and prayer. That out of the Beit Midrash, out of the yeshivas, and out of the Beit Knesset comes out Torah and prayer and people hear it. So one time Rav Yitzchak Silberstein asked Rav Shach's advice. They were building a yeshiva, they don't know where to build it. Should they build it in the center of town? Or should they build it off to the side? So we know the Rebbe Kiva said, do not sit in the high spot of the city and teach Torah. And Rebbe also said, he also forbade Torah to be taught in public places. So Rav Shach said, no. He says, nowadays we must raise the banner of Torah high in public for all to see. Make the yeshiva in the middle of town. This way people will see the lights are still on late at night and the sweet sound of Torah will emanate from its walls. Eventually, people will come and wander in, and it will help the whole city. So not long after that, they made the kolo in the center of town. A man came in. This man was a total chiloni, not religious. Actually, he was part of the Shomaitzir movement, which is anti-religious. But he came into the base midrash. And he started to ask, what are you learning here? Little by little, they started to learn with him. The guy became fully observant, and every day he used to go to yeshiva. So Rabbi Silverstein didn't understand. He asked him, what happened with you? You were totally not religious. What made you do tshuva? What made you come back? So he said, when you hear this answer, you understand how Rav Shach's advice 
was perfect. The man said like this, Back in 1948, I was one of the troops who was trying to attack the police station in Beit Dagan, which was an Arab stronghold. And the first two times we attacked, we were pushed back. And there was a lot of casualties. People died. But before the third assault, there was one religious soldier with us. And he said, let's study some Mishnayas before we go. And this will have some merit before we go into battle. So he took out a book and began reading. He said, we didn't understand anything. But the way he sang it, it was haunting and chanting melody. It captivated us. It moved us tremendously and gave us courage. Later that night, we overtook Beit Dagon. He said, ever since that day for 50 years, that melody stuck in my mind. So one night I was walking by the base midrash here. I saw the lights on. And I started to hear the sound coming out of the base midrash. It was that same enchanting sing-song that I remembered from so long ago. I found myself being pulled into the building as if drawn by a mysterious spell. He said one good thing led to another. In the end, I was closer to tshuva. So we see Rev Shach was right, Akoko Yako. The sound of the base midrash goes into the street and brings Jews back. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. So Moshe Aaron Stone explains if you want to have a good marriage, you have to have a good eye. It brings a ride from the midrash and Shir Sharim. We know that four people went to the Pardes. They went up to heaven, to the highest heavens. And only one came out in peace. That was Rabbi Akiva. But it didn't just say he came out in peace. It says he entered in peace and he exited in peace. He says, well, didn't the other three to nine also enter in peace? The problem was with the way out, not the way in. So he said, yeah, but Rabbi Akiva prepared himself. He knew that if he would see this vision, he could get damaged. Who knows what would happen to him? So he prepared himself. He said, I'm going to have faith no matter what I see. That's why he came out okay. So too in a marriage, if you have faith that everything that's happening in the marriage is many shemaim, it comes from heaven, so too you have a good marriage, he says. Chazal says, if somebody already bought an object from the marketplace, you should praise it. So he says, what, are you supposed to lie? No, you're not supposed to lie. You're supposed to say something good about it. If you have an iron tova, even if it's a lousy thing, there's got to be something good about it. Well, so Rav Yossi says in Perkiyavos, what's the best thing to have? A good neighbor. But you can't always have a good neighbor. It's not dependent on you. So what does it mean? It means you should be a good neighbor. You should be a good neighbor and see that neighbor as a good neighbor. The same thing with one's wife. You have to have an eye in tova, a good eye. You have to see the good in your wife. Also, the wife has to see the good in the man. It's very important that each of the couples sees good in the other one. So why don't we see good? The answer is, he says, because we're a nogeyabadavr. We have certain self-interests. We have certain personal biases which makes us see things in the wrong way. For example, the Miraglim, before the spies went to Eretz these were great, great people of high stature. Why they came back with a bad report? Because they knew they might lose their jobs. They said, listen, we're going to go into Israel. We're not going to be anybody. We're not going to be special anymore. Who says we're going to be princes? So they had a bad eye because of that. That's what the Zohar says. In order to have a good eye, you have to drop your personal interest. 
And he says, a good, not having good eye also brings jealousy. You're jealous of your wife. You're jealous of your husband. He says, jealousy has no place in the marriage. Your whole purpose is to chesed to one another. And he ends off by saying, giving leads to receiving and the building of the home. By selfishness and a lack of an eye in tova, a good eye, are a perfect recipe for destruction. So they asked one time a gadol, why was a man created with two eyes? So he said, one eye to look at the good of people, and the other eye to look at your own bad points. Examine yourself. If you don't want to have an eye in tova, a good eye, look at yourself. Okay, that's it for this week's Torah podcast. Please share with your friends and please leave comments. Thank you for listening. To get more enthusiasm for your Judaism, become a free member at globalyeshiva.com.